everybody, Mike Guyomi, Sons of a Pitch Soccer Podcast, here to bring you episode 179. Today's episode, we're going to be discussing MLS season preview, all things MLS, my picks, my predictions, everything about this season coming up. As a side note, I will be releasing this episode on podcast as of tomorrow. Uh, yet for Son- for Sons of a Pitch YouTube, I am going to redo it and tag it and title it as MLS Season Preview next week for the full season. So if you're watching now and you're a diehard and you're hanging out with the podcast side of things, great. And for whoever's looking for an MLS season preview, we're glad to have you here listening to Sons of a Pitch Soccer Podcast. And uh, all right, so with that, if time allows, I will discuss the U, the uh, Olympic qualifying final game reaction with uh, Honduras and Mexico. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. But glad to have you all here hanging with me for this episode of the Sons of a Pitch, an American soccer podcast. Let's get right into it here and uh, get started. So a little bit into the MLS season coming up starting on March 16th, uh, March 16th, excuse me, April 16th. I'm getting ahead of myself or behind myself because it's weird. I was actually thinking about it today when I was putting together the show notes for this episode. Going back, we start the new season. So this is season three of Sons of a Pitch. We normally start the next season at the beginning of the opening week. And uh, this year we actually got through 62 episodes now of podcast because we've had the extended year due to COVID and the extended off season. So going in with the, uh, with the look of the season starting out on the 16th, two games on that Friday night. And then we have all the games on Saturday and Sunday for that opening weekend should be fun for sure. Now, some of the newcomers to watch this season for MLS, uh, a lot of big names, and there's a trend with these names for the uh, the newcomers here for MLS. And uh, with that being said, let's get into that list. So number one on the list is Brenner from FC Cincinnati. Young man was touted very highly by a lot of clubs in uh, in Europe, and now he is being looked at uh, and signed by FC Cincinnati. And we've got Jay Jardim on. What's up, Mike? Round two. How you doing, Jay? Glad to have you hanging out. Yes, round two it is. Uh, all right, so then uh, we've got also on the list, Alexander Pato, from, who is with Orlando City, was brought in by, uh, by Orlando City. Definitely had a few offers on the table from Europe, but... Uh, Excited to see what Pato can bring to Orlando City, who's replacing Daryl DK, although he may end up coming back and uh, playing after his time is up with Barnsley, but I doubt it. Uh, So Alexander Pato, good pickup by Orlando City. Look out for him this season in MLS. Atlanta United brings in a couple highly touted South American kids, uh, Lisandro Lopez and Santiago Sosa. Excited to see what they can do for... Atlanta United this season. So those are two newcomers to watch in MLS. Also, brand new club, Austin FC, bringing in Cecilio Dominguez, designated player. Excited to watch him play as well. Remember watching him in his Club America days in the CONCACAF Champions League, which if you have not done so yet, go check out our CONCACAF Champions League 2021 preview and prediction show talking all things CCL 
and uh, myself and Ryan Anderson. So shout out to Ryan Anderson as well on that one. Um, now, also Alexandru Matan with the Columbus crew. He was expected to go to New York City and ended up with the crew. So a big pickup there for the crew. Excited to see what that young man will bring. Also, Rodrigo Pinheiro of Nashville SC. Excited to see what he does for Nashville and how Nashville will do this season. And again, make sure you stay tuned all the way to the end of this episode so that uh, you can see my predictions of the teams that are going to make the playoffs. And then I'm going to give you my MLS Cup champion tonight. My picks and predictions for the entire MLS season Lastly on the list, Jose Carlos Van Rankin out of Portland. Excited to see this young guy come up from Chivas, Guadalajara, down in Mexico. I think he'll do big things for the Timbers. All right, so let's get into some of the awards here for this season, projected awards. It's fun to go back and see what these look like at the end of the season. And I'll tell you, my picks from last year, not very pretty. And either were Knicks. Uh, unfortunately, miss you, Nick not being here with us, uh, but my picks for the awards as they go this season, starting out with the most valuable player, the Landon Donovan most valuable player award. My pick in this one is Joseph Martinez. Uh, I think Joseph Martinez is going to come back guns blazing for the Atlanta United. I expect a big season from Atlanta this year, and you'll see that later on in the episode uh, as well with my picks and predictions. But uh, you're going to see Atlanta doing really well this year, and Joseph Martinez is going to be a big part of that. Coming off that horrible injury last season, he's back. He has a lot of good young talent around him. I expect him to be the most valuable player at the end of this season. Now, moving to the Defender of the Year award. Defender of the year, there's a couple players that I see. Obviously, you, you've got Walker Zimmerman, who won it last year. But looking at this list uh, of this season and some of the defenders, I always like to look at the wingbacks. And for me, I think the wingback that's going to get this award is going to be Anton Tinnerholm of New York City FC. Ever since he came to NYCFC, he has set the league on fire uh, as probably one of the best wingbacks in the league, if not the best. And I expect him to win Defender of the Year this season for New York City and for the league uh, to win Defender of the Year. Now, Goalkeeper of the Year, moving into that award, this one, the winner last year, Andre Blake. I picked Andre Blake to be the winner of that award last season. And how can you not pick him to do it again? Andre Blake to me is probably the best goalkeeper in MLS hands down. I think Matt Turner comes close. I think there's a couple other good goalkeepers in MLS, but for me, it's Andre Blake goalkeeper of the year. It's hard to repeat, but I picked him last season. It was the only one I think that I picked and it picked correctly. So I'm going with him again. And uh, that's, that's that. So I'm going with Andre Blake as goalkeeper of the year. Now, to coach of the year. For me, you might think it's a little bit biased, a little bit of a homer pick, but I'm going with Chris Armas for Toronto FC. He's walking into a Toronto FC team that is not his team. He has not signed anybody since he came in. Ali Curtis and Chris Armas are working with the exact same team they had last season. A lot of talent, a very good team, but there is still a lot of room to grow. And I think Chris Armas will be able to transform TFC 
and win a lot of games and possibly do some work in the summer and have a very good season for TFC. So my pick for coach of the year is Chris Armis, head coach of Toronto FC. Now for the golden boot, this kind of swings back to the MVP race a little bit. Golden boot with, I would assume, probably anywhere from around 22 to 25 goals. I see Joseph Martinez winning the golden boot this season with Atlanta United. He is my MVP pick. And I expect him to score tons of goals. If he's going to win MVP, he's going to have to score tons of goals. And I think he will to be the golden boot winner for MLS. All right, so let's talk a little bit about a best 11. MLS best 11 for the 2021 season. I go with the formation of 3-4-3 because you never, in MLS, it's it's funny. Usually they'll do either a 3-4-3 or a 3-3-4 formation for the best 11. I'm going with the 3-4-3. It's a little bit more realistic, although I still think it should go the normal 4-4-2 or a 4-3-3 setup, but uh, we'll go with the 3-4-3 just for fun. And uh, for me, best 11 in MLS this season, the goalkeeper, obviously Andre Blake being my pick for goalkeeper of the year. Then on defense, I see the defensive player of the year, Anton Tinnerholm, former Defensive Player of the Year, Walker Zimmerman and Richie Larea of Toronto FC as being those three players that'll make the MLS best 11 for 2021. Now to the midfield, I've got reigning most valuable player, Alejandro Pozuelo, Jimmy Chara, Nico Ladero, and Ezekiel Barco. In the midfield, I really see Barco coming out. This is his season. You go back, check out the Atlanta United season preview that I did. You will see that Really expect big things out of Ezekiel Barco and Atlanta this season. Nico Ladero, how can you not have him on this list? The man is a beast and has been ever since he came over to the Sounders. Jimmy Chara is playing for a very good Portland Timbers team. I think if he stays healthy, he is best 11 quality. And Alejandro Pozuelo, enough said. The man assists, led the league in assists last year. He scores tons of goals. The man is unbelievable and your reigning Landon Donovan MVP award winner. So that's my midfield for the best 11. Now for the forwards, the three forwards up there, I've got Joseph Martinez, obviously as being my pick for the golden boot as well as for MVP. So Joseph Martinez as well. I've got Carlos Vela as a forward there and Brenner. I think newcomer Brenner is really going to have a big season for Cincinnati. Moving into that new stadium, the big unheralded signing of the season, I think Brenner does extremely, extremely well. Uh, Now for the, um, and we got Rocky does it all, says Yimmy or Jimmy, heck yeah. And brother BKL, hey Mike, let's talk about it. Amen, brother BKL, thanks for jumping on. And uh, same to you, Rocky. Thanks for coming and hanging out here for uh, episode 179 slash MLS season preview. All right. Now, moving down to the projected playoffs. These are the teams that I think will uh, make the playoffs. And before we get into that, let's take a short sponsor break. This episode of Sons of a Pitch, an American soccer podcast, brought to you by Nice Premium Iceland Pure Spring Water. Also by Donovan Food Brokerage, a sales and marketing firm focused on food service sales in the Midwest. 
And lastly, by Skira, Icelandic spring water available at your local 7-Eleven. And now it's time for our weekly Chicago Fire Update, brought to you by John Donovan. Take it away, John. Mike, John Donovan here. Want to talk a little bit about the Chicago Fire and the MLS and coaches and coaching. But before I get started, Mike, I always talk about players that are on the mend. Um, we have three very important offensive players that are won't be starting the season with us. Uh, the first one is Collier from Loyola University, a man from New Zealand who I thought went down with an ACL injury. Indeed, it was a ankle injury that Wiki said would he would be back in weeks. He was really hurt when he came off the field. I will be surprised if he's back uh, for the second or third game of the season. He was playing quite well. Erber, um, he had, he injured his knee last week or a week before that against the Union. Um, he said he would be out a couple of weeks. And the one that hurts us the most, they signed a key player from Bulgaria, Ivanov, who had nine goals last year. He was supposed to replace one of the wingers to uh, bring in some scoring to the forward line, which we desperately needed. He has or has had a meniscus operation and won't probably be back till mid-July. That will be tough, losing that experience. Um, Mike, I want to talk, as I said, I'm going to talk about coaching, but coaches have to have two abilities to be successful in the um, in the MLS. And the first one is they've got to be able to use Canadian, American, and draft pick picks within their team. That has to be a plan. If you look at last year's Columbus team, all of the teams are able to use American and Canadian youth um, for their league. And then the second is they got to understand the MLS. It's travel. It's a budget. It's not unlimited spend. Um, that is two key things that are important to the MLS. And the Chicago Fire obviously have not had that combination for years. Um, you know, I, I went through and I was starting to look at coaches that have been successful in the leagues. And what has the MLS been going 20-some years I'm just going to read down a list of the coaches and you'll get an idea of who has been successful in the uh, in the MLS over the years. Brian Schmetzer from Seattle, Bruce Arena, uh, Jim Curtin, Caleb Porter, uh, Greg Baltimer, Baltimer, the, the U.S. coach, Ben Olson, Jesse March, Peter Vermees, Greg Vanny, Robin Frazier, Bob Bradley, and even a GM from... Uh, Elmhurst, Illinois, Greg Larthaway from Seattle. I mean, these guys are all, they know how to incorporate uh, local kids. They know how to develop an academy. Um, the fire just have not had that. And I tried to look through at coaches that have been successful that have come from overseas. And the only one that I can honestly say obviously had an impact in the league was Tato Martino from, uh, I think he's from Argentina. He was very. He was coach of Barcelona. Barcelona. He came to uh, Atlanta and won the league in the second year. He had tremendous support from the fans and the uh, the ownership. But he left right away. So if you uh, honestly, I I really believe it's very important to have a man that can cover, that knows those two areas of the world of of the MLS soccer. Now our coach Wiki, uh, he was a tremendous uh, Swiss player. He represents Switzerland 12 times on the international arena. He has 75 caps, which is just amazing. 
he started his he basically started his coaching career in Switzerland and then moved over to Basel had tremendous success he started U17s he went to U17 he went started with U17s he moved up to U19s and then U23s and then he coached the uh, major team of Basel and he did get them into the final 16 of the uh of the UEFA, he beat teams like Manchester United. He beat teams by uh, like Benfica. Very successful coach in Europe. Now he comes over here. He coached the U.S. U17 with very moderate success with the amount of players we had, and he was named head coach of the Fire last year. Um, they did have a lot of new players, but any team that did not make the playoffs when they almost took all the teams was a disaster. Last year's team did not do well for the fire. And there were incidents in or plays or or reactions that Wiki should have made during a game. There was some obvious errors in his lineups. From the first game um, when um, uh, the Seattle coach put on Jordan Morris, Wiki should have been aware that he had a real uh, problem on that right fullback position. He had a a uh, halfback playing that position, and J- Jordan Marsh just smoked the team, and Wiki sat and did nothing. And during the year, the left fullback spot with Navarro uh, caved in and caved in. If you want to watch some cave-ins, watch um, the uh, fire against New England. Every time we played them, we had huge problems. Um, that left side of the team should have been developed or at least put in board scene to stop some of the... Uh, the problems on that side, and and Wiki would sit and watch without a substitute. American coaches don't do that. They see a problem and they take care of it. Um, Not sure why that is, but if you'll try to think back and see if a European or an overseas coach has done well in the MLS, I can't find it. I think it's a a very important part of the team to have that, those two things, knowledge of the MLS and its travel and everything else, and then also the knowledge of how to use American and Canadian youth within the teams is is um, necessary. So thank you very much. I went on a little bit too long, but um, it's been I really enjoy doing this, Mike. Thank you. Thanks for that Chicago Fire update, John. We'll talk to you next week. Speaking of one of those members, Daniel Young says, who do you think will qualify for this year's U.S. Open Cup or American FA, according to Eurosnobs? So, Daniel, we'll talk about this one at the end of the show after the MLS picks and predictions and preview episode. So hang tight for that one. We also have Tio Luis on on Facebook, says, go fire. Glad to have you hanging out, Tio, on this late, normal, uh, normally not this late episode. All right, so back to the MLS preview. Projected playoff positioning. So I'm going to give you my breakdown for the East and the West, one through seven, on how I think they will shake out. So in the Eastern Conference, starting out at number seven, just barely getting into the playoffs, I see that spot going to the Philadelphia Union. Number six, Orlando City SC gets into the playoffs. Oscar Pereja. Uh, I think if they still had Daryl Decane, it was a guarantee that he's coming back. I would put them a little bit higher, but Orlando City is a very good team in the East. Number five, New York City FC. Number four, New England Revolution. Number three, Toronto FC. 
Number two, the Columbus Crew. And number one, Atlanta United. So that's how I've got the top seven teams in the Eastern Conference making the playoffs. Just to recap, Atlanta, Columbus, Toronto, New England, New York City, Orlando City, and Philadelphia are my seven playoff teams in the Eastern Conference. All right, now moving over to the Western Conference. Number seven, the LA Galaxy are going to get into the playoffs. I see Greg Vanny being able to turn things around for the Galaxy fairly quickly and uh, at least get them into the playoffs. Do I expect them to do much in the playoffs? Absolutely not, but I think they will get there. Right in the sixth spot ahead of them is the Colorado Rapids. I really like Robin Fraser and that team. I think they have the potential to, uh, to do some damage this year, and I think they will make the playoffs. Number five, Minnesota United FC. Excited to see what Minnesota can do this season with a full season of uh, Reynoso pulling the strings as the 10. Number four, Sporting Kansas City. Number three, LAFC. Number two, Seattle Sounders. Seattle always, every year, they're in the playoffs. I don't expect them to miss this year. They come in as the two seed in the Western Conference. Now, for winning the winner of the Western Conference, the number one seed, none other than the Portland Timbers. I really see Portland as a very strong team this season. A lot of depth, a lot, a lot, a lot of depth, and I think that will do very well for them in the Western Conference and taking the Western Conference crown in the regular season. So that takes us next to the supporter shield. So the winner of the most point total in MLS through the regular season, it can only be one of my two teams that I picked either Portland out of the West or Atlanta out of the East. And for me, I see that going to Atlanta United. I think Atlanta United is going to bounce back in a big way this season there's the one trophy that they have not won is the supporter shield. They've won MLS cup. They've won us open cup. They've won uh, some other uh, championships as well. The campeones cup. If you want to qualify that as a championship. Uh, so I like Atlanta to get that supporter shield done this season with Gabriel Heinze. I know it's a new coach. It's a big time prediction, but for some reason I've got a bad feeling about Atlanta. I say bad because I'm a TFC guy, um, but I think Atlanta is going to do really well this season. All right, we got Eric Saras on. How you doing, Eric? Thanks for jumping on. PTFC, glad to have you hanging out here. And uh, Portland is going to do really well this year. So Portland or Atlanta for the Sporters Shield. I'm going Atlanta, and uh, Portland will just have to take the number one seed in the West as consolation there. All right, so now moving down the list to the U.S. Open Cup, my projection for the U.S. Open Cup, and again, this is uh, going to be a little bit different this season where we have the U.S. Open Cup coming in and going to be the first six or seven or eight teams, I can't remember the exact number, that are in the lead in the standings in MLS points-wise that are American-based teams will qualify for the U.S. Open Cup. So, this all could change if every team was in. My projection is Minnesota United to get it done. I think they will uh, will put a lot of effort behind the U.S. Open Cup this season, and uh, I like Minnesota as a team to get that done. So my pick for the U.S. Open Cup, and again, it may change because they might not even get in based on the new, uh, the new setup on the uh, tournament this season, but my pick, Minnesota United to win the U.S. Open Cup. So since we just talked U.S. Open Cup, we've got to move to the Canadian 
championship. So the Canadian championship, this one, uh, you've got, we don't even know what the format is going to be for the Canadian championship. The 2020 Canadian championship final hasn't even been played. Technically, uh, the spot was awarded to Toronto FC to play in the Champions League, uh, in, but it was supposed to be a game between Forge FC of Hamilton for of the CPL against Toronto FC in the Canadian Championship Final for 2020. That game never happened, so we don't know if it's ever going to happen. But the Canadian Championship for 2021, if it's the same exact format, to me there's no chance that a CPL team or a um, – one of the uh, state pro- provincial leagues gets the victory. So for me, it's between Vancouver, Toronto, and Montreal. Montreal is a train wreck. Uh, Vancouver, not far behind them, although I do expect them to do better with Mark DeSantos in his third season. But my pick for the Canadian Championship, none other than Toronto FC. I think they get it done and win the Canadian Championship again. Well, technically again, but not really because we don't know if they won 2020 yet, but technically they did because they got the CCL spot. Anyways, it's tricky, but TFC, my pick for the Canadian Championship final. All right, so that takes us down to the MLS Cup final. My predictions for MLS Cup final, I'm going to give you the final matchup itself and then who the champion will be. So for me, going through all the different scenarios with the seven teams in the Eastern Conference, I see in the first round, Columbus and Philadelphia. I think Columbus gets through. Toronto FC and Orlando City. I think Orlando upsets Toronto. New York City and New England. I think New York City wins. That would put a matchup of Orlando against Atlanta. And then New York City against Columbus. I think Columbus gets the victory, and I believe Orlando City will go on a bit of a run here and beat Atlanta in the playoffs. I think Atlanta will be gassed playing for that supporter shield, and Orlando City will face off against Columbus with Orlando City winning and representing the Eastern Conference in MLS Cup Final. Call me crazy. I just see the Lions doing well this season, their second season under Oscar Pereja. Now, in the Western Conference, Seattle Sounders against the Galaxy. I see the Sounders winning all day long. LAFC against Colorado. I see LAFC winning. Minnesota against Kansas City. I see Kansas City winning. So your top four seeds in the West will move on. Portland against Kansas City, I see Portland winning. LAFC against the Sounders, I see LAFC beating the Sounders. And for once in like, well, twice in the last six years, Seattle won't be representing the West. I know I'm crazy for picking against them, but I am. LAFC against Portland in the Western Conference Finals. I think it's LAFC season this season in the Western Conference. I believe they're going to prioritize the playoffs. Bob Bradley is going to have that squad fired up for the playoffs. And uh, I think he will kind of put the rest of the players and do a lot of rotation towards the end of the season so that the best players are available for the uh, MLS Cup playoff run. So my, my team out of the West is LAFC. My team out of the East is Orlando City for MLS Cup final. And then the championship, I just detailed it for you. LAFC is my pick to win MLS Cup and lift it at home, beating Orlando City in MLS Cup final. 
Bob Bradley, I think he will do what it takes to get LAFC. They're going to be fired up after that run to the CONCACAF Champions League final where they lost to Tigres in December. I see LAFC doing big things this year. So that is the MLS preview and predictions. Make sure you guys subscribe down below. Turn on that notification bell so you don't miss any of our awesome American soccer content. And uh, that will do it for the MLS portion of it. Now it's time to talk a little bit about a couple other things before we go on this short episode. Because again, all these team previews coming out. So the podcast episode that I'm normally shooting for about 45 minutes, only going for about 30 today. Um, and plus it's late. It's 1141 central time right now. Um, so want to get back to Daniel Young, a member here of Sons of a Pitch, an American soccer podcast, a member of the Founders Club as well. Five spots left on the Founders Club, everybody. So if you want to get in on that, you want to be part of the Founders Club, you can join either starter level at $199 a month or $499 a month for designated player. You will get your name as part of that Founders Club there along with Daniel Young. Who do you think will qualify for this year's U.S. Open Cup or American FA according to the Euro snobs? For me, I see uh, I see the teams that, that I expect to make the playoffs. I really see um, Atlanta, Columbus, New England, uh, probably NYCFC, Portland, Seattle, LAFC, and Kansas City. So I'm going to go with the top eight teams that I have, top American teams. Obviously, in the East, I have Toronto FC finishing third. Therefore, New York City as fifth would get in. So uh, those are the teams that I see getting into the U.S. Open Cup. I don't like it. I, I know that there's there's a lot of pressure on uh, you know uh, trying to get all of these games in in this season. It's still a shortened season since they couldn't figure things out with the CBA uh, and whatnot. So I um, I don't know. I think it is what it is. But I, I don't I don't like it at all. I, I want just a normal U.S. Open Cup. And uh, give everybody a chance like they had in the past. And uh, unfortunately, they're not doing that this season. But those are the teams that I think will qualify. Again, Daniel, great question. Atlanta United, Columbus Crew, New England Revolution, New York City FC, Portland Timbers, Seattle Sounders, LAFC, and Kansas City. Now, obviously, I'm sure that will change because those are the teams that I've got finishing the season in the, uh, as the top eight teams, American teams in MLS. But uh, we'll see how that goes. Now, uh, Here's another great question. Eric Saris, most evil sounder, Montero, Dempsey, or Alonzo? That's a tough one between Dempsey and Alonzo. Um, I got to go with Clint Dempsey. I just I just can't stand Clint Dempsey. I just can't stand him. Haven't been able to stand him. Even when he was with USMNT, I didn't like him. I didn't like his swagger. It just uh, it was just the, the wrong kind of swagger for me. He just wasn't – he just was kind of like off with that swagger. So uh, – I don't like Dempsey. I think he's the most evil sounder. And uh, yeah, there's that. Tio Luis over on Facebook says, who's your CPL team? So for me, I'm going York 9 FC, which I think they actually just rebranded the York York United FC. Um, but the team that's in Toronto, uh, head coached by Jimmy Brennan there, York uh, FC, that's my CPL team that I follow. But again, don't cover too much of it since I'm doing mostly MLS stuff with sons of a pitch. All right. So lastly, want to talk a little bit about the final game between, uh, the, of the Olympic qualifying tournament, CONCACAF under 23 tournament. What a final we had between Mexico and Honduras. Wow. What a game that was, um, 
Turns out going to penalty kicks, which I think surprised a lot of people. Uh, I think a lot of people expected the uh, the Mexicans to walk away with it, just like I think a lot of people expected Honduras to lose to the United States. Uh, but they gave a hell of a game to Mexico. And uh, yeah, so they the, the final was Me- Mexico ended up winning, which was expected. And uh, a very, very good game into penalties and a great, great turnout there by uh, the Mexicans with their shooting. They were on spot. They hit them all and uh, get the win. So both of those teams qualified. That's the main picture for uh, that tournament because that tournament is what it's about for uh, is qualifying for the Olympics. And both Mexico and Honduras got in. But when you're playing for a trophy, there is still a push to go hard and to win that trophy. And uh, the Mexicans get it done. Great squad there. Uriel Antuna, uh, very good player, uh, as well as some of the other. Vega, uh, very good team there for Mexico. And I'm excited to watch what Mexico can do with Honduras in the Olympics. I'm sure we will be watching uh, watching that one closely uh, once the Olympics roll down. All right, so Brother BKL with a good one here. What's your predictions in League's Cup that's coming out in May? I don't know yet because I don't know who is going to be playing in League's Cup for Mex- the Mexican sides. So um, as soon as I see that information, I will be able to come up with a better prediction for that. Um, unless it did get released and I just missed it. Uh, but as of right now, I believe it is just the uh, the eight teams from MLS uh, that have been released. So let me take a look here on the, yeah, see, they only have the uh, MLS teams, New York City, Orlando City, Sporting Kansas City, and Seattle. Um, I think Seattle has a good chance to do something, but I don't think they will uh, pay much attention to it. I think that they're focused more on the MLS season, uh, and New York City and Orlando, I think, could do big things. Uh, I like New York City in that tournament a lot just because I think that ownership group would love to do big things on that type of stage. So I like it for New York City there. Good question there, Brother BKL. And lastly, before we wrap this episode up, let's do our weekly Liga MX recap here. Games on Friday, April 2nd. Puebla beats Mazatlan 3-1. Cruz Azul beats Suarez 1-0. On Saturday, April 3rd, Atlas 1-0 over Club Tijuana. Club America beats Necaxa 2-1. Monterrey over Atletico San Luis 2-0. Pumas, UN, AM, and Pachuca tie 2-2 yesterday. Chivas and Santos, another draw 1-1. Tigres wins 1-0 over Queretaro uh, full-time yesterday as well. And then the last game of the week, Club León and Toluca a two-to-one victory for Club Leon, who is struggling, and now they're starting to change things up. They're starting to get better in the league, and uh, I don't like it from a TFC, TFC perspective. Monterey with a good win, getting ready for Champions League in midweek um, as well. Club America with a victory, and Cruz Azul with a victory. So all four Mexican teams in the in the Champions League with victories last week does not bode well for the MLS squads, well, the Caribbean squads, because the only MLS squad that's playing anybody is uh, is TFC playing Lyon, but uh, the rest of the MLS squads have Caribbean opponents, and then we'll f- move on from there. So next week, we will uh, be recapping leg one of those games, and uh, 
just so you guys know, be live for the Club Leon against TFC game. It is Leon and TFC Scotia Bank CONCACAF Champions League game, Sons of a Pitch, an American soccer podcast. Wednesday night, I'll be live for that one. Seven, I believe it's seven o'clock central time, maybe five, five, six. I don't know, but uh, watch out for that one. Be simulcasting on Toronto Sports Insider as well. Can't wait for the season to get underway on Tuesday. And uh, make sure you guys go check out Ryan Anderson, his channel. Uh, he is doing all of the CONCACAF games in uh, on his channel, doing live reactions for those. So uh, go check that out and come back and hang out here for TFC Leon. We'll see you guys on Wednesday night. And there's Brother BKL, NYCFC defeats DC United 2-1 today. Good stuff. New York City FC kind of rolling through the preseason here as we stand. All right, guys, it's been fun. Thanks for joining episode 179 of Sons of a Pitch, an American soccer podcast. We will see you guys very soon, Wednesday night. Have a great evening and or a, a great day whenever you're listening to it or re-watching it, and we will talk to you all soon. Goodbye.